thinking three, two, one. Okay. So All here right. we so here we go. We're going. We're recording now. <laughs> we are recording now. <laughs> and it is uh June twenty seventh, twenty thirteen. And we're on different continents at the point at this at this point. However, uh it can be argued that we're on the same continent. In fact, the people on this continent would say that we're on the same continent. Um Wow. Yeah. But but that is neither here nor there because the subject at hand is the most recent film by Zack Snyder, um, as written by David S. Goyer, and the name of that movie is Man of Iron. Man I mean, of, <laughs> <laughs> no, that <laughs> that's Man a lesser Steel. known film. Actually. Yeah, that's Man a lesser known film. Man of Steel. Which was also, according to the end credits, co-written by um, Christopher Nolan. Yes. So it said. So it said. That is true. It was co-written by Christopher Nolan, and Christopher Nolan was one of the producers on this film. So um, some have argued that this was the Batman beginsification of Superman. But we can get to that later. And and so would – at the risk of – trying to get too much information out of this, would it be too painful to ask you where you saw this movie? Or should we talk about how we kind of felt about the movie first and then no, go let's back? Talk about the, let's talk about the, uh, the setting. I like that idea. Yeah, well, for me, it matters a lot because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm easily bothered by environmental um, aspects of right. things. Yeah. Smells really mm-hmm. bothers me when a... When a um, movie theater smells bad, right? Kind of yeah. And did you see it in three dimensions? I did. I did. I saw yeah. it. Um, so I guess I, okay. Well, I'll lay it out. So, um, me and the girlfriend were down staying at her, her mom's house, and they have they don't have an IMAX here in Gainesville, sadly enough. So we went to one in St. Pete. Now, there was some discussion about, oh, what's the good IMAX theater in St. Pete? Because there's... Like, what's the real IMAX versus the fake IMAX? Yeah, yeah. And I guess the real one is at um, the Moby down there, which Moby stands for... um, uh, I cannot Google this fast enough. St. Petersburg. Pay no attention to the clicking. Um, it's not happening. It stands for some sort of museum of science or something. Anyway, museum, of, museum of Moby. Museum. You right. walk in and there's a little bald man in there. <laughs> there's a little. <laughs> making electronic music. Right. That heavily samples from 1920, uh, 1920s race music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, and for some reason, Gwen Stefani is there all the right. time. Yeah, exactly. She, she's exactly. selling tickets. Right. Yeah. But and that, then when you get, and then when you get in your car on the way home, you hear the music you've just heard in a commercial. Yeah. Right. So that that's the museum that supposedly, for some reason, there's a there's a uh, real IMAX there. It's a big one. Right. Um, but that that is is one where it looks like only Iron Man 3 was playing there. Superman was not playing there. So, 
anyway, we went to this other one that's at Baywalk, um, whatever that is. But um, it it was a pretty nice theater. Um, and today is a weekday that I've just randomly taken off work to go have some fun. So we were one of seven people in this IMAX theater, and it's not a full IMAX. Um, it is definitely bigger than a regular theater um, screen, but it, it is not your, like, gigantic IMAX. Um, the sound was incredibly loud, and um, the picture was actually really great once the movie started. So... So that's kind of the setting for me. It was a, it was a pretty nice theater. I wasn't happy that my 3D glasses that they gave me didn't come in a package. Mm. Like like I I like them to come in some sort of cellophane to tell me that, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it was I didn't like that part. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have liked my 3D glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I expect not. Anyway, that so there was seven people in the theater, which is fantastic. Yeah, I, that's good. Yeah, I, I'm not, as you know, I'm not a big fan of the other few, people. Of yeah, in any in any situation, pretty much. Right. So that that was mine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my setting was essentially um, a very regular, no frills movie theater in a mall here in Quito. Um, the screen is fairly small. The seating is not stadium seating. There's nothing <clears throat> necessarily off-putting or, or upsetting about the movie theater. It's just very bare bones, very no, th- no frills. Um, and the sound is not very good. In fact, there's sort of a low-level hum <laughs> that comes out of the speakers throughout the whole thing, which kind of sucks. And the 3D glasses that we were given. So the only 3D glasses this movie theater has... They're really heavy. They're made out of metal. They're like uh, a sort of heavy aluminum. Um, and the eyes, you know, the lenses themselves are fairly small. Um, so when you put them over your eyes, if, if you're sitting fairly close to the screen as I was, um, part of the screen is actually obscured by the glasses themselves. You kind of have to. So, so that's less than optimal. That's less than optimal. And also the lenses are like tinted dark, um, which makes the screen darker. So yeah, I think that Kito's dealing with some, some last generation 3D projection technology or whatever. Those kind of sound um, like, um, glasses that you might see on, um, Maybe one of the one of the thugs from the Back to the Future sequel in the you're, future. You're not far off. I was going to say I was going to say sort of a a steampunk villain might wear them, <laughs> the, <laughs> but the, but the, yeah, what you say also works. The first reference I was going to say, to be honest with you, was this Michael Douglas movie from the '80s called Black Rain, where I think the yakuza is out to get him. Oh, and he he had like a mullet, and the, he's like riding a motorcycle. But there are some very distinctive uh, glasses in that. I, I think I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So okay. So let's. All right, Peter. What was your least favorite part of Man of Steel? Uh this is I haven't. 
I didn't prep before before these questions, so I might have to take a second to yeah. to kind of mull this over. Um, my least favorite part of the movie. There's a very specific part for me that was my least favorite part. Well, it kind of ties together. The moment we should say, okay, let's just say, let's say spoilers. Uh, spoilers. For, oh yeah. For for the zero people that are listening to this podcast, right? We it, will be spoiling all Man none, of Steel. all none of you. The, yeah. This movie will be completely ruined by the time, in yes. more ways than one, by the right. time you listen, listen right. to this. It, the 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 moment that I found the worst was um, when they had the flashback of Clark as a child. And he's sort of, you know, being bombarded with all of his senses and, and he just can't take it anymore, that part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he runs into the closet and and it, they call his mom and his mom shows up and she's knocking on the door. You know, that I mean, just all of that. And, and for some reason, here's what I didn't like about that moment. For some reason, the entire school is crowded in a hallway to to hear the weird kid's reaction to his mom trying to figure out why he's throwing a hissy fit. Right. Like, I don't understand why why all of those people were there. That and, would not go down, yeah. And, it, and I mean, I'm not one to, to kind of, like, you know, like, not suspend my disbelief for a movie. Like, I get it. You got you to make some concessions. But that choice was really weird. And... <laughs> The line that he said in that moment was terrible. She says, "What's wrong, Clark?" And he says, "The world is too big." Mm-hmm. Oh God! Yeah. I, I mean, and I and I'm not one for. I'm also not one for like over intellectualizing a comic book movie. I get it. Yeah. Like, like you know, make it a comic book, make it accessible. Right. Right. But but that was just. That was that was terrible for me, yeah, and yeah. and I guess the the overall point that I found bad that kind of ties into that is I just didn't like. I get that they were trying to show the origin of a superhero in a different way through flashbacks, and that I can kind of appreciate. But I felt like there was never that moment that I really like in origin stories, which is where you know the hero kind of like he realizes his power in a way that he's never realized it before. Right. Um, so yeah, that, yeah. that was my least favorite part. What, Bill, okay. what, was, what was your least favorite part? Okay. Um, I have to say my least favorite part is something that they did with the story, which I understand why they did it because they were trying to make this a Superman reboot, a Superman origin story that broke the mold kind of of the traditional Superman things. I really, really did not like the fact that we didn't get to see Clark Kent, the reporter in this movie at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, and not only that, Okay, so at the end of the at the end of the movie, he becomes Clark Kent, the reporter. Right. But <laughs> Lois Lane already knows who he is. Yeah, and yeah. I think I really think that one of the best. Okay. A lot of people have argued that Superman 
the character is essentially boring, right? Superman is the the superhero is basically purely good. He's extremely powerful. Um, not much can really harm him except for the crypt for except for the kryptonite thing. Um, so I kind of agree that Superman as Superman mm-hmm. in the cape is not particularly interesting. He's sort of like he's sort of an unstoppable force, and he's like a Boy Scout. So what makes the story interesting is the fact that this nevishy, awkward Clark Kent has to hide who he is, even to the woman he has a huge crush on. Right? I think that is what is what is. I think that's the interesting aspect of the story, and I have a lot of fondness for the original Christopher Reeve films. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Reeve was so. I think he is very very good as Clark Kent in those moments. He's very good at playing the sort of awkward. Uh, stammering Clark Kent. Um, and I think that some fans of Superman would argue probably the extent to which that is integral to the Superman mythos or whatever. But for me, it's the part of the story I really liked. And you got none of that in this movie. You got none of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I felt the story was missing that, uh, uh, quite a, quite a bit. Along with other things, but I guess if I had to pick one thing, that would be that would be it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, um, I I agree. I agree that the way it was executed, it could have been done better, and I and I really like Clark Kent also. But then again, on the other hand, I do think from I guess like a more clinical point of view, um, it's interesting that as an origin film. It wasn't like an origin of the cape. It was an origin of the more of an origin of of his um, alter ego, you know, because that was the right. big that was the big reveal at the end, which right. I, that to me clinically that's kind of interesting. Um, and and also what I thought about that was, and this is reading way too much into it, but I thought you know what they're doing? They're making Clark Kent into Doctor Who. And it, because the whole thing with Doctor Who is is that here's a here's like you know the alien guy with superpowers, the one girl knows who he, knows who he is and is his sidekick, and that's that's where that's like the Doctor Who formula, right? Okay, like I I'm entirely ignorant of Doctor Who, but I, I mean, can see what you're saying. Yeah, that's the entire thing. Is it's like. Hey, this magic guy has swooped in. Time traveler guy has swooped in. Pick this one specific woman. I mean, because that is that's the formula for Doctor Who for twenty years or however long it's been around. The the Doctor has a companion, and that's basically what they've set up here. Is it's like okay, it, it's no longer Clark, Superman by himself trying to get you know trying to win Lois Lane over as Clark Kent, it's now Clark and Lois against the world, you know, or Clark and Lois, um, which I mean, there's, I I like both types of stories, but, um, for Superman, I prefer, I prefer the more brooding sort of one where, where, yeah, where Clark has to, has to win her over. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. so what was your favorite aspect of the movie? Um Wow, favorite favorite at, well, 
I think I'm being too specific because I'm, I'm remembering favorite parts of things, and then I extrapolate That's, from there. That works too. Aspect or parts, whatever you choose. There was one the the moment that actually emotionally affected me the most. I don't know what they did in this moment, but like right before he's about to destroy the the world engine, you know, the lights coming down and. They've just spent um, a long time in this fight scene, and finally he's, like, in the beam, standing underneath it. And when he goes and flies up, his face and the angle of it looks exactly like Christopher Reeve. Like, like almost to a T, like yeah. Christopher Reeve. And that, that was really cool. So, um, do, do you want to... So, that's funny that you say that, because today I found out they they actually CGI'd in uh, Christopher Reeve's face at that a, at that moment. Yeah, they they put it in there uh, on purpose. Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> good because I was like, that is fucking Christopher Reeve's face. We're gonna we're gonna say f bombs on this on this podcast yeah. every once yeah. in a while. This is not a Christian podcast. No. Well, it could be Christians within a podcast. Okay, I you see know, that, yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> that that's such it's, never mind. It's not a it's not a Victorian podcast. It certainly is not. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Um so at that moment they you're saying that they CGI'd um uh Christopher Reeve's face in. Yep. Wow. Yeah, in fact, I, someone uh on Reddit this morning had put up a a gif. I refuse to say gif. Had put up a gif of um of that moment. And I'll try to find it to and send it to you later, but yeah, you can see that they did that on purpose. Um, and so, what do you think? They were, why do you think they did that? Is the question at that moment? Yeah, why throw in Christopher Reeve's face just as a fan service kind of thing, or was there uh, something deeper they were trying to say? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's wild, widely held that Christopher Reeve was the best Superman and everybody else is, is kind of trying to, you know, either do something kind of new with the character, but still give nods to, to his um, performance. But I mean, I, I don't know if it's fan service. It's, it's definitely got to be fan service because mm-hmm. if, if you didn't know about the Christopher Reeve movie, um, then, uh, that wouldn't mean anything to you. So obviously right. it's got to be a specific reference to Christopher Reeve. And then I guess as far as why, I mean, that was, that was the moment when he saved the earth. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they're trying to say something then. Cause I mean, he did other stuff throughout the movie. Like when he, you know, at the end when he snaps Zod's neck, that's certainly like something heroic. But in that mm-hmm. moment, he like, if if that kept going, that was going to destroy the planet without question. So right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to hype up the Christopher Reeve, uh, can I say Messiah <laughs> sort of? Oh yeah. Well, I think myth. this Messiah theme may come may come up again in this film. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, those, I mean, so that was my favorite. What was your favorite part? Uh, okay, my favorite part, and the fact that this is my favorite part, is probably going to tip my hand a little bit to my overall thoughts on this movie. Okay. Uh, Feora Ol, Zod's second-in-command. Oh, was, man. 
Oh, yeah. She was, I just thought that the, that character, I wanted, I wanted that character to be on the screen all the time. Not just because she's a very attractive woman, because she is, but also, um, I thought, I felt that in her, in her few scenes, she brought, uh, a certain electricity and charisma, uh, to the movie that, that frankly it needed. And I thought that she was a really interestingly designed character well. I liked, I liked the design of the Zod and his cohort's armor. And I thought that it looked best on her. And she just worked really well as a character to me. Um, she was, I kind of wanted just to have a movie about her. Like, Farah or Ul tries to kill everyone. I would watch that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was my favorite aspect of the movie. And um, how did you think her character, um, you know, because they're basically, the, the same story was basically told in um, the second Superman movie with Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Christopher Reeves, sorry. Um, and no, I, isn't, it, isn't it singular, one Reeve? Christopher Reeve? It was George Reeves and Christopher Reeve? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. If only there was some vast interconnected array of information. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to access that at the moment. <laughs> um, Anyways. Uh, uh, yeah, because her... They, it's funny to me, like how I guess just tastes change over the years. Because her character in the in the '80s movie, um, she had like an accent, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. she was vaguely well, maybe she, she had an Italian or something. In this one too, though. Oh, she sort did of. a little bit. She seemed they, a little more like Americanized or Anglo or yeah, something. I maybe don't know. so. The actress who plays her is German. Okay. Um, but. I, you know, she was Kryptonian, whatever, whatever ethnicity that is. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what, what, so where do we go from here? The, the, we've got our, our worst All moments, right. our best moments. Okay. So I'll just, I'll just stake my position out. I, I really thought that it was disappointing. Um, there was, there was just far more things I didn't like about it than things I did like about it. And, it got to the point, I mean, there, I thought the script just was really bad at times. Yeah. Um, that there were some lines that were just so, they, they just, they just died so hard. Yes, I agree just, with that. It was just, it was just unforgivable. And, um, the movie is never, there's no funny moments in this movie at all. There's nothing funny in this movie. It tries to be funny a couple it, times. It does try to be funny. And, and it, it fails eight. so bad. Um, uh, are you, and are then you also, talking? oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I mean, the worst, the absolute worst. So here's the thing. Uh, the whole movie, Superman, the way I was reading it, and you know, this, you know, whether or not I, I should, I should have read it this way is debatable, but the whole movie, Superman seemed kind of gay to me. <laughs> he just, huh. he seemed very asexual and, potentially like women i'm i'm not interested in that sort of thing and then so the, the so that whole time i've i've i'm not feeling any chemistry between henry cavill and um jesus amy adams amy adams yeah i thought amy adams was very good in the movie i just didn't think she had much to work with um and there was no chemistry between them and then they have that kiss 
And I don't even remember what the horrible line after the kiss is. It was something. It was trying to be funny, but it just failed oh, really no, bad. No, no, wait. It was, um, it, I can tell you exactly what it was. <laughs> I she, just thought it was so bad. She said, "Here was here was the line because you know I just saw it a few hours ago. Uh, the line was, they kiss, and she goes um, something along the lines of." Don't they say it's always downhill after the first kiss? And then, oh, and then he's like, that's only with humans. That's only with humans. It was really bad. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it, that was bad. And then the other funny, the other terrible moment that they were trying to, to accomplish afterward um, was uh, uh, when he takes the, the, the drone and smashes it in front of the truck. At the right. End. And then, and she's just standing there, and, you know, after that... The, 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 the soldier, the female right, soldier. Right, the, the, the really young-looking female soldier. She looks 12 years old. Yeah, who and she's three feet high next to Harry Lennox, who who's very tall. Right, and, yeah. and then previously in the movie, if she had lines to say... In these times previously in the movie, I didn't notice them because I thought to myself, why is there a child dressed up in, like, Desert Storm gear standing yeah. watching all of this? Uh, because I don't think she had any lines, but they just showed her in the moments before when the Kryptonians are there and they're interacting yes. with, with... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it, it was... And, right. And speaking, of, and speaking of other characters just like that, were you even aware that this tangential, barely glimpsed character is Jenny Olsen as like a female replacement of Jimmy Olsen? Who, who is, no. Who was, okay, so there's a moment in the film when the, when the, when Metropolis is being destroyed and a character gets caught under some, some like a big fucking oh. cement block. I remember that. Right. And, you know, um, and Perry White is there and Perry White has to try to save her. And it's supposed to be a very emotional moment because Perry White is potentially sacrificing his own life to try to save this woman or at least stay with her until the world engine kills them. Right. But when that scene was happening, I was like, Wait, is this a character we've seen before? Is this even someone who was in the movie before this moment? Like, <laughs> yeah. it was just, I could tell that they were going for this to be this huge emotional thing. And I was like, I do not even know who this character is. I'm sure if I saw the movie again, I would notice that she was there. But this, this, it turns out after the movie, it's this character named Jenny and her name is Jenny Olsen. Okay. So clearly what they think is like, okay, let's put another twist on this and have Jimmy Olsen be instead of an intrepid, young male photographer and intrepid young female photographer. I support that decision. That's that's yeah. that's that's a cool idea. It is, but yeah. there was absolutely no development of that idea within the movie. It was just kind of a it was a, sort of a token thing and then they tried to have this big emotional scene involving that character and it just went nowhere for me. I yeah, until this moment I had no idea that yes. I mean I I I I got the same feeling as you did. I had no idea. Um I, I, yeah, I felt like I, I totally agree with you with what you said about the the script that it, the it was trying to be funny and wasn't. Um, I, I think 
and I, I liked the choice of, um, does he go by Larry or Lawrence? Isn't it, is it Lawrence Fishburne? I think maybe in his earlier yeah. films he went by Larry Fishburne. Exactly. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, Mr. Fishburne as, um, Perry White, I thought could have been better, cause we've seen that guy act with range before. But he's he was just he was just straight ahead, just yeah. It blah, was a sort blah, of blah, blah, very blah. by the numbers boss character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I felt like he could have done something with it. Um, yeah. He had one diamond stud earring I noticed on the IMAX screen, which that Ooh, was I did that not was, notice. It was, I mean, interesting. I I don't know why yeah. I picked up on that, but it's like, and, wow. uh, man, another thing that bugged me was I had. I had really high hopes for Michael Shannon as the villain. And I yeah. say I did not find Zod to be interesting at all. No. Uh, he was just sort of, he would just yell. He was just yelling at Mickey Ellerson. He yelled and, a lot, though. You know, um, he yelled a lot. And I just didn't find anything particularly interesting about his villain character. Terrence Stamp, as more of, like, from Superman 2, yeah. was, was much more memorable as that character, I think. And I do love Michael Shannon. I think he's great. But I think that the character, the character of Zod was just not interesting. And, oh god, that one point when he and Superman are having their drawn out fist fight. Mm-hmm. He's like, I honed, I was born to be the best military, uh, I was like, I was born to be the best military, uh, individual my planet has ever seen. Where did you learn your skills? On a farm? Right, right. And then, th- that then. That line was just so bad. It was bad, and then I thought, yes, it was bad, but I thought, okay, this is where in the action movie, they're just setting Superman up for a punchline. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for the punchline. I'm ready for, and nothing, ha- there was no punchline. There was nothing, like, if you were even writing a normal script and you had a terrible line like that, yeah. you follow it up with him grabbing a tractor or something and throwing it at his face and saying, okay. you know, even farm boys have, I don't know, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you, I see what you're going for. You that would have been a good, that would have been a good uh, way to punchline it. I agree. Yeah. Some, something along those lines to where you, you point out the ridiculousness of the, the crazy man yelling things. It, yeah. I've seen it happen in, in other things, but yeah, the overall, I felt like the the way the movie flowed, it. I don't know. I don't have the vocabulary to, to the film vocabulary to talk about editing and cuts and things. But I just know that for me, I like when um, when we stay on a shot for a little while, mm-hmm. or um, you know, have enough time to absorb it. And I yes. think that's what Michael Shannon is good at because when when I remember him from uh, Bug and Revolutionary Road, right? Yes, isn't that? Yes, it, he he has these. He gets uncomfortable to look at when he's not when he's not even saying much. And I feel like, yes, yes, I feel yes. like they didn't give him enough time to do that. I agree. Yeah, that's true. Um, and also, his character on Boardwalk Empire is sort of the same way. There are some scenes oh, okay. in Boardwalk Empire when the man is having dinner with his wife that he oh, and it's he's great. I mean, he's he's oh, he's he's like one of those actors. You, you don't want to look at him, but you don't want to look away either. <laughs> right. you know? um, and in this movie, he just had just none of that. None of that came through. I didn't think. 
Um, I think overall, I, I was I was disappointed. Maybe not to the same extent because uh, as you, because um, I'm getting a little. I think I can hear myself through your speakers or something. Hang on. That's weird because I'm wearing yeah. headphones. It shouldn't be happening at all. Yeah, I don't know. Uh. Huh. Um. Wow, it's like that. It's like that noise. Uh, the speech, speech blocker. It's the speech blocker app. Well, we can try to wrap this up. We're at thirty-two minutes, so yeah, let's yeah, we definitely maybe go three. We'll go three more minutes and see what see what we can get. Yeah, Max. Uh, yeah, all I was gonna say is I, I was my overall feeling about the movie. I was disappointed because I think I had my hopes pretty high. Um, but probably less disappointed than you just because it is Superman and I have like, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's Superman. I have so many Superman comics. I grew up with Superman. Just the fact that he's around again matters a lot to me. So I'll forgive it a a lot of things and I I would probably watch that movie again, um, on on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. Um, the, the, one of the, but one of the main drawbacks, it kind of spawns from them trying to do this 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 big redo thing. The suit, I really dislike what they're doing with with suits and superheroes. That's movies. funny because a lot of people have been saying that finally he doesn't have the underwear on the outside anymore. I I think it looks awful. What is he wearing? Chainmail? And why? It was a little weird. And yeah. and why? Why not have, I mean, it's still blue and red, like, make it, nothing popped from that. It was like this gloomy, this gloomy thing. I didn't, I didn't care for that. Um, But overall, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're doing a rating system or something, but, you know, maybe three, maybe three stars out of five, I would give it. Okay. I'll, I'll just try to shoot through a few rapid fire thoughts I had. One, I think that, if you the Zod storyline should be the second movie, like it was sure. the first yeah. time around. Yeah. I think that I think that would have been better to establish him against a more conventional villain uh, first. Uh, not more conventional, but I think it would have been better to establish him first, and then in the second movie have the, the past catch up, catch up to him. That's just my personal. That was just that would just be my personal preference. Um, I thought that the movie was very beautifully shot. I do have to give it props for some of the cinematography. Yeah, that's true. Um, in some, in one, like the first trailer that came out, it almost looked like it was going to be sort of Terrence Malick's take on Superman. Mm-hmm. It didn't really mm-hmm. turn out to be that, but it did have some beautiful shots. I wish, like you, that some of the shots had been able to linger a, a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, one thing that bothered me was like the wanton destruction of civilian lives. I mean, during the <laughs> long drawn out fights, there must have been so many people dying, you know, just insane numbers. And also the notion that after everything that happens in this movie, the government can't figure out who he is is just completely ridiculous. <laughs> like at the very least, the IHOP manager guy knows exactly who he is. Right. And so does probably everyone else in Smallville. And how about the fact that there's a fucking truck in Martha Kent's house? Hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there's all sorts of things. Uh, so I would, I think I would give it two and a half stars out of five. I would okay. say it's one of those movies that, um, you know, uh, it's it's definitely something I can skip and probably don't need to see again. Yeah. Well, all all right. right. All right. I'll stop the recording. Me too.